Hi guys, um, my name is Amy Dell. I am the Editor-in-Chief of Unity Commons Student Publication, and I am sitting down here with Dr. Katherine Sanders. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Sanders. Um, I'm Great just going <laughs> to ask you a couple questions about your job and um, hopefully get some insight into the anthropology field and students who are looking into going into that sort of non-governmental organization kind of nonprofit work. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Sure. Um, can I have you introduce yourself? Yeah. So uh, my name is Katherine Sanders, and I was trained in medical anthropology. I'm adjuncting here at Unity College this semester. What other projects have you worked on? So I have worn a couple of different hats since uh, going through my degree program. I uh, have typically stayed in the field of uh, monitoring and evaluation, which is, uh, is just a field that uh, takes nonprofits and, and development organizations, non-governmental organizations overseas, and looks at sort of does needs assessments for them and looks at how they're doing in relation to their targets and the outcomes, their desired outcomes. Um, so I, right out of graduate school, I, um, I kept working with an organization that I had actually done my, uh, some of my dissertation research, uh, in collaboration with them. And, um, and I was doing some data management for them before that. So I moved on to work as their research associate right out of grad school. So I was working for it. They were called Adara Development, uh, and um, and they worked mainly in Nepal and Uganda. Uh, they were doing uh, maternal, neonatal, child health sorts of programs and um, and policies, and helping build hot like little bush hospitals and uh, improving access to healthcare for people out in rural Nepal. So yeah, I, um, I did internal monitoring and evaluation for them, and then I ended up moving into external evaluation. So I worked for a while in California in an external evaluation firm that's now called The Mark USA. And, um, and so I, for that, that was a completely different set of projects, uh, which was managing a portfolio of 20 plus projects at a time and doing evaluations for a ton of different groups that I had because I had such a, a large portfolio um, had very little time with each one of them so that part was kind of hard for me um, but uh, but got to work on a, a ton of really interesting and, and exciting programs. Most of those were internal to uh, universities. I was looking at improving STEM programming in um, mainly in higher education. Now I'm back in the internal realm, kind of, um, but I'm also doing consulting. So I'm consulting for non-governmental organizations, primarily in sub-Saharan Africa. And then I work with an organization that has, um, I work on implementation with an organization that has programs in, uh, in basically child education. And we run a crisis center in Kenya as well. So what kind of work do you do for them? 
So I'm the assistant director, so it's a little bit of everything. It's a teeny tiny organization called Expanding Opportunities. I actually volunteered for them ages ago before I ever started graduate school. They had advertised, I was living in Maine at the time, they had advertised uh, they needed volunteers for like long-term cultural exchange, I think they called it. And as someone who had studied anthropology in undergrad, that like really intrigued me. Um, and so I, uh, I wanted to do it, and I really wanted to do, kind of get to know a community and um, really understand the challenges facing people in some other area of the world. And so this was my first trip abroad, and I lived in Kenya for a year, helping them implement their um, biointensive organic gardens. So I've stayed in touch with this organization in the intervening years, which is like, 20 years uh and so um and so when they needed a little help running their programs i uh, and i was in a place where i was ready to move on i jumped on it and came back here to maine and started working for them so what kind of projects are you up to right now uh, so we run a crisis center. We do, um, so the crisis center is where maybe neglected or abandoned children from the surrounding community in Kenya, uh, which is uh, right outside of Nakuru, Kenya. Nakuru is like the fifth largest city. So children come through there. They're referred to us by the police in Kenya. So that basically the police, when they find lost children they um it's it's always the police that they go to and the police then recommend or like kind of farm them out to different uh different children's organizations we're one of those and so we work to find and reconnect them with their families in a way that's safe and enhances their well-being so um so that's the part that i think takes the most effort and is the trickiest because sometimes they're coming from very difficult, dangerous situations. So you have to find sort of alternative living arrangements. So some of them stay with us for years. Some of them stay with us for a matter of days. In the meantime, we provide education and clothing and um, provide for their needs. So how many people in your organization are like on the ground in Kenya? Uh, We have just two, uh, well, three full-time employees in Kenya. Um, so it's a tiny, it's a little, um, like eight, eight children's our maximum. Really. Okay. Like we don't want, um, more than that because of our capacity to, to care for them and the like little one acre plot that we have. So yeah, we have a, uh, cook slash social worker who is sort of like the house mom. And then we have our manager who is who manages everything and sort of pulls it all together, but also serves as a sort of a moral compass for the organization in Kenya, as well as the children. And then our director stays there pretty much full-time. Do you work on that from Maine? I mostly, yeah, work on that from the U.S. side. So I, uh, I look at securing funding, so grant writing and... Um, and then supporting, I some sometimes support the organization through my consulting work. So when I when I go do consulting for other non-governmental organizations, then the 
money from that flows through the organization. Uh, so I do it as an expanding opportunity consultant. And we use expanding opportunities, uh, research assistants, and resources to to do those contracts as well. Um, and just kind of thought leadership as well in terms of what our theory of change is. And uh, one of my goals has been to help us sort of condense and solidify our mission and, and align it with our programming. What kind of education did you get that would help you with those kinds of jobs? Um, so kind of, I mean, not necessarily the like blueprint for education that you would need if you wanted to run an NGO, for instance, like a lot of, uh, a lot of people that run NGOs did, you know, program policy or, um, or did kind of policy education, but I was trained in anthropology. Anthropology up until recently was really not applied focused, um, but in the last you know twenty or so years, it's become much more. Uh, it's learned how to market itself, I would say, uh, towards towards the kinds of jobs and uh, and occupations that would really benefit from knowledge of human variation. So I started out just loving learning about the diversity of kinds of cultures and and beliefs and practices that people had all over the world uh, and especially my my studies focused in sub-saharan africa and south asia but i went from there to really um, being attracted to the applied fields and that was still in my undergrad years i took an environmental anthropology course and it just opened my eyes to a lot of the environmental injustice that was so coupled with social injustice, and um, and it became my goal was to uh, was to unite my love of of human variation with um, sort of being able to address the largest problems facing humanity as I saw it. Uh, today. Um, so I definitely wanted to go to graduate school, but I also wanted to do something first. Um, so that's actually when I moved up to Maine for the first time was um, as a Mafka apprentice. Uh, I lived and worked on a farm up here for um, about five years on and off seasonally doing maple syruping and, and being farm manager and, um, and things like that. And, um, and that's where I got hooked up with this organization. So when I finally went back to graduate school to do that, I still, I wanted to stay in anthropology, but I wanted to make sure it was applied. So it was more about finding the right person to be my advisor in graduate school. I found this woman in the University of Montana who had worked in both sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia. And so it was really through her being able to tell me, like being able to show me the ins and outs of, you know, this is how knowledge of human behavior is so applicable (laughs) to these different organizations. This is how our um, information can most uh, benefit human societies also the the really logistical part of that which is this is how we can market ourselves because i think that a lot of people don't think of anthropology uh when first confronting some of these challenges that i believe anthropo- anthropological knowledge is so good at addressing um so yeah for me it was more about finding the right advisor and then 
kind of yeah finding that person that I wanted to be like and uh and sort of following that same pathway right if someone was looking for that kind of mentor do you have any advice for where to look yeah I mean I think it's uh, where we all find mentors you know there are people that speak to us and usually in my experience like when you when you really admire somebody or um, really love what they're doing people are extremely open to sharing that passion and um, and certainly to mentoring uh, younger students so um, so I would reach out I think that would be the biggest advice I have is is I think I was a lot of times uh, reticent or shy about reaching out to uh, to the people I really really admired and uh, and I would just encourage people to do that because um, even if they can't say you know here can I offer you a job they can at least sort of tell you about the pathways they took to get there and and how they you know how they went about it and uh, whether or not they're happy with it and can guide you along that path as well or point you to people that are doing similar things as well. Do you have any other advice for students that are potentially looking into going into NGOs or other maybe environmental business type fields? Like, do you have any advice for those kinds of students? Yeah, I would say um, just keep learning as much as you can. Um, Typically, there's no one path to get there. Um, I went and earned a PhD, which is which at the time in anthropology was really necessary, you know, and and may still be to this day in anthropology. Um, but it's not always. I've talked to students who uh, who are already really well connected with local organizations. Uh, who, you know, will find opportunities from that is like almost as soon as they get out of undergraduate school. I wouldn't necessarily advise everyone to take the same path. It's like if you feel like you really want to learn more. And for me, that's what it was. When I came back from Kenya the first time, I was like, I need more tools in my toolbox. Like I really need to learn about how these, um, what shapes the, the kinds of challenges that people were facing. Um, so school for me was a natural response to that. It's not always the way it's. Um, so, so I think exploring multiple paths to get there, um, exploring your strengths as you go about it. So, um, so you know, if you're, um, you know, if you're really creative and, and entrepreneurial, like, just go for it uh, right out of undergrad. I think that's a, um, that's a really good path to take if you already feel like you have those tools or if you just want to exercise them, uh, then, uh, then that's the way to do it. But So I think that, that being open, being flexible, and, and uh, taking advantage of the opportunities, the people you meet along the way uh, that, that you really admire is um, is one of the best things you can do. What's something that you really love about your job? Um, my favorite part of my job, and this is speaking more towards the evaluation aspects of what I do, uh, is getting to talk to people on the ground. So as an evaluator, that's what, and a, an evaluator who is trained in anthropology, that's what I most push for is uh, data collection 
with, uh, with the groups affected by programming. And so my favorite part is, um, is just tromping around and um, going usually door to door, talking to the, the participants in the programs and getting to see them in their home environments and talk to them about the, um, how they experienced the program, how they experience life's most difficult challenges. Uh, and what you know, what kinds of things were unforeseen, like finding out the unforeseen uh, little sort of nuggets of gold, like where um, where you can actually realize that there was something that all these people who were designing programs missed because they didn't talk to people. So yeah, I, it's the field work, I guess. In short, is my favorite part. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I really enjoyed talking with you. Sorry, guys. No, you're good. Um, that was not my husband. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>